is the way to be. That's the way I want to be. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap episode podcast episode <laughs> is what we're doing on this show that where we recap Riverdales for you. And today we are talking about chapter 64, The Ice Storm by Arabella Anderson and directed by Alex Pillai. Okay. I just got to say the one problem I have with this episode. Yeah. There's an extreme lack of power outages, which is what happens when there's a freaking ice storm. Yeah, especially in small town America like this. We would know from experience, having spent an entire holiday one year Every, in darkness. Everybody should be real worried that with the, the ice storm, their power's out, they have no heat, their sump pump isn't working, so the basement's going to flood they and freeze. They have no access to water. Yeah, can't even like flush a toilet this is seriously if it's yellow let it mellow territory you know the power lines go down because of the ice and then you're like trapped because you live on a private like roadway that only has like one way in and detroit edison will get to you in six days if you're lucky because here's how power companies work (laughs) they pick the areas to bring power back to first that have the most population, which is like, oh, that makes sense. There's a lot of people. But no, no, no. The areas that have the least amount of population, the rural areas, those are the areas where people don't have city water. They live in the middle of nowhere. There's no help. There's no place to go. There are community centers. Yes. Yes. They leave you to the end of the list. And that's why any uh, decent policy platform will include uh, democratizing and and, uh, seizing uh, power utilities as a public asset. So, Riverdale. So, Riverdale, back to this episode. Uh, This uh, episode opens with uh, Jughead's narration. Over some fantastic film filter effects. Well, there, there's like some definitely like old home video type stuff. Yeah. And but then they that like, filter, yes, put over. They scratch it up to hell and back and use the exact same filter on things that are filmed with like their TV quality it's very, <laughs> HD cameras. It's very much like uh, Christmas vacation when he's like watching the yeah, old family like reel yeah. in the attic. It's that. Mm-hmm. They should have got the song. They should have. It's a pretty good song. It is. Yeah. But yeah, so we're seeing videos of families having Thanksgiving. The, and we're the talking. town with pep sign, all sorts of nice holiday imagery. Yes. And, and Jughead's talking about how it's Thanksgiving, the time when friends and family gather. But for Archie, it's all about everything he's lost as we Archie see him. Archie is in the graveyard visiting Fred. Yes, it, it's, you know, the void of Fred is setting in, and it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that the new mayor, Hiram, who ran unopposed, is sworn in. Yeah, the, the fewer opponents are in the race, the, the they just move the date up. Yeah, you just, yeah. oh, you got elected yesterday? Let's do this shit. That's why nobody's even uh, gathering in the Iowa caucus until, you know, for months. Yeah. Because there's 80 Democrats they got to yeah. pick between. 
It takes forever that way. Uh, and then we find out they keep, different... They keep adding new ones, too. That's fucked up. More people are announcing. Um, but then in a different part of town, uh, there's a different type of gathering going on. And the Dickinson Crime Clan, <laughs> yes. good old Dodger's family... Dodger's mother and, I presume, brothers are the Dickinson Crime Clan. I, I guess one of them is named Davy. And the other Cratchit, perhaps? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. One of, one of them is Charles. Charles Dickinson. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. 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 So it looks like Dodger is in a coma. Yeah, he's not doing too hot, but he's alive. One of Dodger's brothers mm-hmm. um, is all like, oh, I bet it was those community center people. You know they how they this, are. Ma. Ma is just straight up one of the ladies from Winter's Bone. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. She's got that, like, rural look Meth to head? her. Like, the, the way her chin juts out and the way she holds her mouth. Yeah, the rural yeah. meth head that's, like, literally everyone from the town I live in mm-hmm. or grew up in. If you weren't growing marijuana in your cornfield, you were definitely cooking meth in an abandoned trailer on your 20 acres. And then when the ice storm hits and the power goes out, how are you supposed to make a living? Right? Right? Uh, we find out that, you know, there is an ice storm coming mm-hmm. and the temperatures are dropping. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. The titular ice storm. Bum, bum, bum. Veronica goes home. And, uh, because <laughs> I guess she's still living at Penbrook, even though she hates her family. And I'm like, you own a whole, like, restaurant and speakeasy just sleep there again oh and kick pop tate out there onto a, the street one of them can have the basement one of them can have the normal floor <laughs> there's enough booths for everyone hiram is all like you missed my fucking mayor coronation inauguration dear inauguration no, i know that's what it's called but to him <laughs> it's a freaking coronation <laughs> I picked that word on purpose. Okay. That was not me not knowing what the word was. That was like to imply that he thinks he is royalty. <laughs> <sighs> and he's all like, it's okay, though. You can make it up to me tomorrow. We're going to have dinner at the country club. And she's like, nope, going to be at the community center. And he gets very suspicious because he's mm. all like, wasn't a man found beaten there? Ugh, it's a bad part of town. Yes, the alley has a really bad name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe the mayor should do something about it, but in like a positive way and not a take Christmas presents from orphans way. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, and he, he really wants Veronica to wish Archie a happy Thanksgiving. And that's when I'm like, oh, fuck you, dude. You're going to do some shit. <laughs> uh, so over at the community center, uh, Monroe and Archie are... are telling everyone that the community center is going to be open for thanksgiving they're going to have a full meal they have a round of applause for that but they have got to start announcing their plans with further in advance right you have to tell the people get some flyers archie uh, apparently Mary and Monroe's grandma are going to cook. I am very upset because I realized later in this episode, we don't meet grandma. We don't meet grandma. Why don't we meet grandma? I love grandma. I want to meet grandma. She's doing right by her boys. Over at Stonewall, DuPont, 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 I got Stonewall right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just point that out. (laughs) 
DuPont. 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 There's no I. DuPont. <laughs> like the company. Like the chemicals. I don't know that company. <laughs> they do They do motor oil. Do I look like someone who pays attention to motor oil? You should. You drive a lot. <laughs> I ha- There's a little gauge that tells me stuff. <laughs> So DuPont yes. uh, is is dismissing the five fucking students of this class mm-hmm. uh, for the holidays. And as they're going, uh, Jug, Jughead wants to check in and see if there's been, you know, any info on the killing. And he's all, uh, you know, the killing of Rupert Chippings. Mm-hmm. DuPont's like, yeah, it was suicide. You saw him jump out a freaking window. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah. And oh, and he did it cuz he was an alcoholic. Yes. He was, uh, he was driven to madness at the bottom of a bottle. And uh also you need to forget about this delusion of your grandfather over break. Such a such a silly thing. Of course that had nothing to do with it. These these flights of fancy Forsyth. Uh, bluff bluff. Mhm. So Jughead calls Betty and uh they they talk about how she's going to come visit him for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her family's very, you know, worried about her traveling in the ice storm. And I'm like, it's a 30-minute freaking train ride. She'll be fine. It's fine. There's barely even enough time for ice to form inside the train car. That was also another experience we had. And we got there on time-ish. Ish. And that train looked like freaking Snowpiercer on the outside. <laughs> yes. I was so cold on that train ride. Very it cold. was so cold. There it was, was literally an inch of ice inside. Mm-hmm. That was the same ice storm trip. That was the one where my family had lost power and they didn't tell yes. me. And we rode that freaking train and we got there and found out, oh, there hasn't been power for 24 hours. And then there wasn't until after we left. Yeah. Fuck that shit. I've told my mother if that ever happens, I'm getting a hotel. Goodbye. So Riverdale, though. Riverdale. But Betty's packing. Yes. As they're chatting. She's packing all of her loungewear and cozy pants. Yes. A girl after my own heart. <laughs> uh, and Jughead's all like, you know, we're going to be the only ones on campus. I think we should uh, do some snooping mm-hmm. to look into this suicide. And she's all like, oh, yeah, conspiracies, murder mystery. Sounds like a romantic getaway to me. So I had to erase the note I was halfway through making, because apparently we're just making it all text now. We're saying the quiet part loud. They're putting me out of a job. I don't need to be here anymore. You were very upset during that. (laughs) She's packing all her comfy clothes. Like, how romantic is it going to (laughs) get? I would love to get romantic with you, even if you're in comfy pants. But they're comfy. (laughs) (laughs) I got my comfy pants and my comfy sweater. Why in the world is Jughead staying alone in an abandoned school? Like, I don't know. Because they feel awkward having sex at home on Thanksgiving where both their parents are like in the same place. Also having sex on Thanksgiving. (laughs) But like. I don't understand. I don't know if Alice is a great cook, but I bet she thinks she is. (laughs) I... I don't know. I'm very confused by it. I I don't understand, especially since, I don't know, it's a 30-minute train ride. Why aren't they just planning, like, okay, you come for one night, and then we'll be home the rest of the time? Don't know. Seriously. But during this phone call, uh, Brett 
is listening. Bum, bum, bum. He's spying. Brett is always watching with his perfect blue eyes. Does he have blue eyes? His perfect eyes. You also said blue like blue. His perfect blue eyes. <laughs> blue eyes. Cheryl and Tony are over at Thistle House. Cuddling. They're constantly and cuddling this episode. They, they can't well, keep their hands off each cold. other. That's true. And they're not wearing a comfy, fluffy sweater. Old houses like that. Very drafty. Um, so she's like, goodness, Category 4 ice storm heading to Riverdale. Bullshit. Wrath of God. The National Weather Service does not put ice storms in categories. Exactly. That's garbage. That's made up nonsense. Uh, but Cheryl's very excited about this because uh, this means that under you know the cover of the storm, they can dump the, her uncle's body mm-hmm. in the river, which means Tony killed him. Yeah. They just knock him out. He's actually dead. Uh, and they need to get rid of the body. Um, and if they dump him in the river, it will freeze over. And then by spring, uh, the salmon will have gobbled up his eyes. Just take a look at your, your good brother Jason's eyes and see how likely that is. They're fine. What was he in there that long? That's true. He spent most of his time in that, that freezer. So I guess. Are salmon known for gobbling up eyes of dead people? Oh, yeah. They fight dirty. Is, is this something that a lot of like police and detectives have to deal with? Is eyeless corpses? Well, mostly the Coast Guard. Aren't salmon in, like, rivers? Let's move on. <laughs> Not, like, the ocean? Are there are, are there ocean salmon? There are ocean salmon, aren't there? Ocean salmon are among the most delicious salmon. They're, they're more commonly known as tuna. Not the same fish. No, I think it's the same. Well, it's so, the ocean version. But, like, well, seriously, like, where... <laughs> I always thought salmon, like, came from rivers. They do. They exclusively live in rivers. So it wouldn't be the Coast Guard. No, it wouldn't. See this? Unless it's, like, the Detroit River, but we don't got salmon there. Can you imagine the salmon that have to go up Niagara Falls to get into (laughs) the rest of the Great Lakes to spawn? Yeah. Those are some muscular buddies. Can you imagine the Canadian and, like, U.S. Border Patrol for the salmon? (laughs) You gotta check the fish's papers? Yes. Are you here for business or pleasure? Reproduction! I'll mark business. Or, I don't know, this is a toughie. Are there salmon in New York? (laughs) So, Riverdale! No, we've established that Riverdale's in New York. Are there salmon in New York? The Atlantic salmon will reproduce in northern rivers on both coasts of the Atlantic Ocean. Therefore, that would suggest to me... The, the rivers okay. of rural New York. Okay, so it's, I just want to make sure that we're not, like, having a maple syrup, like, scandal here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But when we tap the trees. Most salmon are Pacific, but there are Atlantic salmon, which is a weird way to talk about your fucking freshwater fish, but whatever. Uh, so Tony, uh, feels like she is being watched the past few days and is very uneasy about things. And she's got no privacy. Um, and Cheryl thinks it's just that Tony is upset that she killed someone. And I really don't think Tony's upset about that. (laughs) Oh, please. Like, that's the first person she's killed. Yeah. You don't know everything about Tony Topaz. Uh, so meanwhile, over at the community center, uh, Veronica brings in all this, like, catering stuff from the country club. Not catering. Bushels and bushels of raw vegetables. 
And like these pizza addict teens love raw vegetables and a whole lot of like catering, like serving things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could have just gotten pizza and these kids would have been like, fuck, yeah, it's like being back at Dodgers. <laughs> you have to cook the squash, Veronica. We do not have these capabilities, the facilities needed. We don't even have two bathrooms. <laughs> um, but there's also a deep fryer because yes. Archie is planning to deep fry a turkey just like his dad always did. Mm -hmm. And this is when FP comes in and he's like, that was the best damn turkey I ever tasted. Which means that they had Thanksgivings together. Yes, yes, they did at least once. It's, it's sweet. It's very sweet. Um, but FP is there because stupid fucking Hiram mm -hmm. uh, the new mayor is all like shut down the community center because and this is true it is an active crime scene outside it <laughs> the outside alley is yeah yeah but like as as far as you know justifications go it's a good one um and FP does not want to do this no but he's supposed to and he's all like I didn't say this but I know what I would do in your place. Screw him. I know what I'd do in his face. Screw him. Yeah. In his face. Yeah. Yeah. With a screwdriver in his eyeballs and then feed it to the salmon. He learned it from Tony. Anyway, <laughs> he actually says, quote, he's the mayor now. He can do anything, which I don't think is true. It's not how it works. Like maybe in practice, but like there's a lawyer I mean, right there. Right there, a very multidisciplinary legal expert. He is a mobster mayor. So, like, he can get away with a lot of shit by paying people off. We yes. know that's possible. Yes. But, but legally. Eventually, his luck's going to run out, right? Right. Like, he's not trying to keep anything quiet. No. I have to have faith in this system. Uh, so, Archie's all like, yeah, we're going to still have Thanksgiving. And, and FP's all like, I'm proud of you. Your dad would be proud of you. Good job defying my direct police order. Good night. I will show myself out. <laughs> Betty shows up at Jughead's and he's all like, wow, that was fast. And she took an earlier train, which confirms there are multiple trains. <laughs> and it's apparently not hard to get tickets for Thanksgiving. So it's gotta just be like a subway. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like suburban light rail is what yes. it is she she asks him to just hit save and you know stop writing Let's for the day freaky. he says it's okay i'm coming up to the end of my first chapter which if you'll remember the assignment is the whole thing it's just the first chapter wasn't it the first three chapters oh that's right okay yeah. never mind he's one third of the way through which is good but he he's trying to talk about all their plans and she keeps reminding him jughead we're 10 minutes into the episode, and no one's done any hot makeouts. Let's by go! By the way, folks, we are 10 minutes into this episode of Riverdale. <laughs> it's only been 25 minutes. Lord in heaven. Uh, so back uh, home at the Jones-Cooper household. Apples are not falling very far from trees. FP is very torn up about uh, having to do Hiram's dirty work. And uh, while he's trying to talk about these things, Alice is all like... Let's get dinner at Pops tomorrow. And by the way, we are alone. And I'm like, where the fuck's Jellybean? 
Exactly. Yes. But it starts with like her being all like and doing like flirty touching. I got a favor to ask. And then she's like, the favor is we're going to eat Thanksgiving at Pops tomorrow. And if he's like, oh, I was manipulated by your feminine wiles. And then it's like, oh, but also sex now. Okay. Yeah. Like, let's go. Let's get this on. (laughs) Where's Jelly Bean? We've misplaced one of our daughters again. One of our combined three daughters, four daughters. They're always getting lost. Yes. Yes, I just introduced another daughter because, as we know, it's bound to happen sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, just synchronized sex scene mm-hmm. is happening. Uh, Long distance high five. Your dad. <laughs> while balls deep. I don't like the term balls deep. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. That's how Mark Twain got his name. <laughs> he has a nickname. <laughs> okay, fine. That's how balls deep Pak Chopra got his name. What? Okay, the whole Mark Twain, it's it's how deep the river is when you measure for the riverboats to go. With with your balls? No, with a rope. <laughs> That's where the joke happens. What? You're supposed to think about Mark Twain <laughs> dipping his balls in the in the, the big muddy Mississippi. I that's mean, the joke. I mean, that's what I thought about once he See? set the rope. Yes. And then when he measures, and I'm like, yes. is, is junk in there? Is... Oh, so Riverdale then. But I, I was, tr- I thought like you were saying that's why the term is used. Like that's the historical etymology of the term balls yeah. deep. See, that would be a funny thing to say, you know, like a joke. <laughs> I don't understand a lot of these terms, <laughs> and I want to. Darling, so sometimes I, I think you're actually being serious. I'll teach you the meaning of balls deep anytime, dear. Anyway, Riverdale. So Veronica goes home uh, and she finds, again, why is she going home? I don't know, but she goes home and she finds her family there uh, <laughs> having a Thanksgiving dinner. And they're just so excited that she uh, can join them. And she's like, fuck, no, never. What happened to the country club? Did she buy all of their food and the country club dinner is canceled? No, the or? country club is closed for the ice storm. R- okay. Okay. That makes sense. That's actually logical. Uh, and so she calls Hiram out for taking away uh, Thanksgiving dinner from hungry kids. And he's like, it was nothing personal. And so she dead stares at him and grabs the tablecloth and just yanks Thanksgiving dinner off the table mm-hmm. and says, neither was that, Poppy. The ultimate power move. Turkey strewn. Positively strewn. Yes. Stuffing that will never come out of the carpet as she grinds it in with her uh, uh, $500 heels. Her her Tucci heels? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her booty Tuchin heels. Booty Tuchin. Uh, over at the Andrews household, Archie's checking in with Mary to make sure that she um, is, is still gonna come in and feed the kids even though they're breaking the law. And she's like, no, I'm going to do it because I know that feeding children is the right thing to do. (laughs) Congratulations, Mary. You have passed. But then she starts thinking about Fred and she starts crying. They have a moment because they miss Fred. Mm -hmm. Fred comes up so much. I mean, that's that's a real thing for the holidays. Yes. So I appreciate it. But Fred is everywhere in this episode. I was not expecting quite so much Fred. Yeah. I wasn't emotionally prepared for yeah. so much Fred. Uh, so over at uh, Thistle House. Yes. Uh, Tony has realized that why she felt like she was being watched is because she is. Because <laughs> Aunt Cricket is spying on them. Yes. And she's like, how the hell are we going to get rid of this body now? 
And Cheryl's like, don't worry, we're going to scare her off. We're going to make sure that she knows she will get no sliver of my maple empire. She calls Aunt Cricket a nosy old turkey waddle. Yes. Which is nice. Yes. Uh, And so the plan is to invite her and uh, cousin Fester over uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, And they are going to use the old family legend that Nana told her. Uh, as the centerpiece for performance, a performance art piece. She describes it as like the most twisted and gothic and, and horrific root of the Blossom legacy. And is she just describing the uh, the pageant scene from Adam's Family Values? Because that's all I was thinking about. Eat me! That's the one. Da, 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 turkey day. Eat me! Mm-hmm. I love that movie. <laughs> Adam's Family Values yeah. is both Halloween... Thanksgiving, and a summer movie. Yeah. It's everything. Uh, It's great for baby showers. You just throw that on and you don't have to worry about whatever the heck else happens at a baby shower. If I ever accidentally get pregnant, Uh I want my baby shower to be Adam's family themed. Okay. That'd be amazing. Okay. (laughs) Let me just write that down somewhere, I guess. Also, it would make things be really easy to like have gender gender neutral clothing. Everyone looks good in black. Yeah, just buy me black baby clothes. Mm -hmm. Have a little goth baby. It'll be great. (laughs) Now, is your baby going to be more like the crow or more like the craft? What kind of goth are we going for? Vampire clan. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jughead and Betty are having some nice cuddles. They've apparently been going all out, raw dog into hell and back, in the top bunk? Because you don't sleep in your roommate's bed, even if that roommate is now in military school. I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's, like, implausible. I'm saying he's earned my respect for that degree of difficulty multiplier. Luckily, they have very high ceilings there. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they both have an incredible uh, center of balance. Doing it in a twin bed. That's a lot of points right there. I mean, that's hard enough when it's only two feet off the ground. Yep. That's definitely not stable. (laughs) Neither of the characters. It's fine. So Jughead uh, starts talking about uh, DuPont Mm -hmm. and how, you know, he he probably had something to do with Chipping's dying, like blackmailing him or threatening or something. Um, You know, the Baxter Brothers franchise is worth $2 million. So like... He had to have done something to protect it. I think it was 20 or even 200 million. Like, really? it was huge. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it, two something million dollars. Yeah. There, there's an amount of zeros. It's not important. What's important is that he gets on this by asking Betty, how do you get someone to do something? Blackmail. Like, really? You think that's her go-to? Actually, yeah, you're right. That That is her number one tactic. Blackmail or torture? Nope. Well, not actually torture. Threat of torture. Much scarier. I don't think we got to split hairs. That's torture. He has found uh, two yearbook photos, uh, one of Chippings and one of DuPont. And uh, they are decades apart, but they are both wearing the same tie pin. Which, why is it a tie pin if it's not on their tie? Rich people. It doesn't have to make sense. Pin must be from the quill and stone? Quill and skull. Quill and skull, which is like the oldest secret society of, of Stonewall. The oldest secret society there are several in this school with single digit enrollment yes how uh and he thinks maybe some of his classmates are in it Mm -hmm. and uh they gotta investigate if it exists at all yes they are 
Uh, and Betty's all like, no, it's getting colder in here. We just gotta go have naked snuggles. Because mm-hmm. body heat. Uh, so over at Pops, the uh, pop sign is completely covered in ice. Yes. Which is great. It's, it's a nice visual. FP and Alice are in there eating Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hiram and Hermione come in to also have Thanksgiving because, you know, Veronica yes. pulled theirs off the table. Uh, and it's a little awkward at first. And then Alice decides it's a great idea to invite them to sit with them. Yeah, yes. And FP's like ready to chuck a coffee mug at her. And uh, Hiram is also visibly uncomfortable at the invitation. But, but Hermione's like, yeah. Yes, the, the ladies are into it, and they drag their dates. See, here's why. It's because ladies know how to manipulate each other silently and be mad at each other that way. It takes skill to stab someone in the back while you're looking them in the eye. Yes. Yeah. Secretly, under that table, they were, like, stabbing each other with their stiletto heels. Oh, oh I thought it'd be those flip-out knives from, like, the second James yes. Bond movie. They were playing footsies with knives, like, foot foot swords. <laughs> Rosa Kleb, what a great character. Back at uh, Stonewall, Jughead's very upset because he's tried calling in three places and no one will deliver food. Yep. No takeout will be delivered because of the ice storm. He's like, I guess we got to raid the vending machine. And Betty is so fucking excited. She is over the moon at the idea of having fucking like Mrs. Fields hockey puck cookies. As she says... Yes, I finally get to live out my Charlie Brown fantasy of eating junk food for dinner. She reacts to this idea like you watching Pavel Datsyuk score. Yeah! <laughs> okay, may- maybe more like gruff and, and <gasps> down a few octaves. but Yeah, the, I don't normally act like that. I'm much more like... Degree of excitement. Because f- first I'm hiding and I'm muffling my like <laughs> painful screams. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's (laughs) slapping the pillow and she's so fucking pumped to to do the whole like jelly bean thing. Uh, Meanwhile, where is jelly bean? (laughs) She's flying her sop with camel, I guess. uh, Jughead's also like does this like primal. Yes, (laughs) he's really fucking excited. She gives him an order that I wish I wrote it down, but it comes to basically one of everything and get something for yourself, too. (laughs) Yes. Uh, How many quarters does the boy have? This is going to add up. I love this little scene. This little it's so scene good. is so good. So good. Jughead goes to the vending machine, and while he is getting uh, a package of cookies, yes, he sees a reflection, and he turns around, and there is a person with a really scary fucking bunny mask and an axe. And Jughead is not frightened. He's so used to being stalked by mask killers by now. He's just like, what the fuck? Who are you? He's just like, tell me who you are. Who are you? What do you want? I think I've been in this position more than you've been in that position. Let me tell you how it goes. Uh, but Betty knocks him out with a golf club. Because <laughs> apparently she saw him go down by the hall, like, pass by. This is a power couple. Get those snacks. Grunt about it. Knock people out. We stand a queen. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, another bunny mask wearing person runs in, and it is Donna, and she's like, what, what the, the hell? She's all like, why'd you do that? Well, like, don't scare us to death. Maybe next time, don't threaten my boyfriend with an axe. Direct quote. Yes. So they're like, why are you here? She's like, we- it was just fun. We were just trying to scare you. And now he's bleeding. <laughs> 
Uh, so back at the community center, yes, uh, they are getting ready for dinner, and they, Archie's like, "Okay, we're gonna keep the community center open overnight because like people might not be able to get home." And Veronica is all like, "Oh, that's such a nice idea." Mm-hmm. Also, are you okay? <laughs> and after their little moment of touching base about like how he's handling his first holiday without his dad, mm-hmm. the Dickinsons come in. Yes, and uh, Archie does not know who they are. He he welcomes them, shows them to the cider, uh, and and says, "Hey, take a seat." They are shocked to see that the person running this center is a, a child. Yes, because which makes sense because they believe that whoever is running this center uh, nearly killed their brother son. Brother son, yep, that is definitely how that relationship is. Mm-hmm. Her no, son, no, it's their, his it's brother. her brother and her son. Uh, Betty is doing stitches on the back of Brett's head as he bites into a belt Mm -hmm. and takes a swig of a flask. (laughs) And this is where he's, like, complaining about the pain, and she's like, well, don't threaten my boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Brett is still at school over the holiday because his family hates him. Yes. They think he's a big old dick face. He is a big old dick face. Perfect eyes. Those blow eyes. <laughs> Those bow chicka wow wow eyes. No, they're not. No. No. So you know we talked about like Charles being a potato. Brett is like a rutabaga. Like it's just... <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. He's a real rutabaga. <laughs> no one says that. Well, like he's one of those ones where every time you say like blue eyes, it's like he's not attractive. I think he's better looking than Charles. I think he looks more like a serial killer than Charles. Well, some serial killers are pretty good looking, like Betty. Betty's not a serial killer. Yet. She's not. She does have serial killer genes, okay? Brett and Donna go to leave. Oh, and, and, he... and she's still at school because she killed her family. Yes. Yes. They drop something, and it looks to be a suicide note. And Jughead's all like, what's what? this? Is this is this his note? And they're like, no, we just did like a writing exercise to like write a suicide note and see whose was better. If it was a is, writing exercise, why didn't I have to do it? It was outside of class. I'm also like, that's really fucked up. That's messed up. It probably shouldn't be going in your mystery book for 11 year olds. And so they leave. And Betty and Jughead are, are like, you know, this is this is one's bullshit. They're mm-hmm. either hiding evidence or trying to plan it. We need to look into this with the flask. Mm-hmm. Only way to do it is through alcohol. Or a DNA test. I gotta get his saliva off of there. Yeah. Turns out he's 100% a fucking dick face. Yeah. Uh, so Archie is deep frying a turkey... Like this building needs any encouragement to burn down. Okay, so literally what I was anticipating happening (laughs) this whole episode, and Mm -hmm. this is a spoiler, I was anticipating the building burning to a crisp. Yes. It does not. Or the roof caving in under the weight of all that ice. But I I was anticipating all of this and be like, oh, that's the end of the community center. Mm -hmm. And somehow it would be like Hiram's fault that he rented them like, a, a faulty, a faulty deep, deep fryer. Yeah. But as he's messing with it mm-hmm. and clearly not knowing what the fuck he's doing because he's doing it inside. Yes. One of the kids comes over and is like, those, those people are Dodgers family. FYI. 
Archie goes over to handle it. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know what you plan to do here, but it'd be best if y'all just packed up and left. Uh, thank you for enjoying the, the food. Uh, a, a woman we will never see worked very hard on it. Grandma. Yeah. Grandma's still in the kitchen. That's why That's we don't see why her. She's there. She's just like over a, a like single camp burner stove. <laughs> oh, Grandma. Oh, Grandma. Uh, and so uh, Mama Dodger. I just want to call her like Ma Beagle. Yeah. They remind yeah. Me of the Ma Beagle. Yes. Yeah. Pulls out a gun uh, and is like, no, we've come for the man who killed our Dodger. Which is a real point of escalation. Like, just say you didn't like the pie. Come on. Uh, and Archie's like, no one here did it. And they're like, well, we're going to hang out until that person comes here. Because they're going to come here. So they just get back to eating with the, the gun resting on the table in front of them. Yeah, it's not awkward at all. Uh, so over at Pops, things that also aren't awkward at all are happening as, you know... As FP and Alice and Hiram and Hermione are eaten together. And and reminiscing about how much they hated their parents. And you know who didn't hate their parents? Fred. FP brings us up because yeah. Fred didn't talk bad of his parents. And he turned out to be the best father and parent out of all of them. I'm surprised Alice didn't object. But then this isn't season one anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, and then... Uh, Hiram's like, you know what we should do? We should go downstairs for some drinks. And I'm like, it's not your bar. You know what we should do? Steal from my daughter. While we're talking about bad parents and all. Uh, so back at Stonewall, they are playing Never Have I Ever. Yes, this this is their big flask-centric plan. They're, they're playing Never Have I Ever as a drinking game. Which is the most makes sense drinking game they've ever played on this whole show. You mean you didn't want them to export secrets and sins to a to another population? No, because that game is nothing. <laughs> At least this one requires you to do something. It requires manual dexterity. They they go around saying things and you know counting off on their fingers and taking swigs of alcohol. And every single thing that Betty and Jughead did or didn't do is uh, subject to uh, some comment from Brett or Donna. Such as Betty kissing a girl. Oh. And the fact that Jughead never did drugs because Riverdale is the drug capital of the world. I mean, they did invent two designer drugs that took the country yes. by storm. Another one was, uh, I've never been in a gang. That's strategy. That's yeah. A, but they're shocked to see that Betty was... Yes. But she looks so nice. Yeah. Uh, and then Jughead's like, never been in a secret society. They're supposed to be secret, J-Man. That's exactly what I wrote. I'm like, it's a secret. They're not going to say. But because no one puts a finger down, uh, Jughead has to, to uh, finish the flask. And then Betty volunteers to go be the, the nice one and, and uh, grab a refill back from the room. Yeah. And all Which I'm, is the real plan. Ha ha ha. He was clever. All I'm thinking about during this game, though, is this is a lot of risk of possibly getting mono. No, no, no. The wealthy don't have mono. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. So Betty uh, goes to Donna's room and starts snooping around and uh, finds a tie pin with the initials RC. Uh, and then I guess. Like Rupert Chipping. 
And then I guess she, like, runs back and gets Jughead and brings him to a different room to tell him about the tie pin and how that must be Mr. Chippings. And, you know, Killish takes stuff from their victim. And then they go back. To a pair of very, very thirsty uh, classmates. Yes. But over at the center, Mm -hmm. they're all, like, whispering about what they should do. Yes. And Rose's like, we can't just, like, let them get away with this. And Veronica says, no offense to your guns, but they have real ones. So then somebody brings up the idea of getting all the confiscated weapons out of the drawer. Like, they just have a giant switchblade collection in the office. Like you do. But that is that is shot down as a as a poor method of conflict, a de-escalation. Uh, which is when uh, Monroe's little brother decides to take matters into his own hands. And tries to get the gun off the table. He snatches it, but he's too slow on the draw, and, and one of the Dickinsons gets it instead. Uh, and so then uh, Mama Beagle is all like, Carrot Top, it's all, it's all you... And you beat him, and a mother knows. You killed him with your prop comedy, and your actual massive muscles. Ass down. And I feel like Archie's like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you want me to do with my ass? <laughs> but she wants him to kneel so she can put a gun to his head. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. I'm but usually ass up when Veronica gets, you know, her turn. And me, the the we we do a close up on the turkey fryer whose dial is like all over the place. Yes. As this woman is trying to get Archie to confess, mm-hmm. like you got to tell me it's you. I want you to confess. And he's doing the stupid thing of like, well, if I say it's me, will you let everyone go? He's about to confess, but then Toby says, "No, it's me. I was the dark dude. I beat him up." And, and then. then Three kids. Yeah, are all like, no, it was me. I'm the, I wear the black hood. No, it was me. The, the Dark Dude. Yes. Which is a fantastic name for, I don't know, a demon in your Monster Hearts campaign, but not so much a, a street vigilante in, in Sketch Alley. It's dark. He's a dude. I don't know. I'm just saying Archie could have used like a, a consultant for his image. Maybe a social media presence. Yeah. Uh, and so as, uh, she's all like, oh, that's sweet, but I'm gonna blow your brains out, <laughs> the freaking turkey fryer explodes so and creates a distraction. It was not only a turkey in a deep fryer, it was also a pressure cooker? Yeah, I don't think like, deep fryers are supposed to have such, like, tight lids. Like, I, I think why, tur- like, turkeys normally explode is because, like, People let the oil get too hot, or they, like, drop something in the oil, or they spill it. Or it's too full to begin with before they add the volume of the and turkey. Then, and then the oil goes out yeah. and it hits the heat source. Yeah. I don't think the, it's that you have, this like... This a lid kept under pl- pressure that exploded. We need to check Archie for suicide notes, not Mr. Chipping. <laughs> this is a cry for help. I'm really glad he at least thought to put the turkey fryer on the opposite <laughs> side from where they were eating, because otherwise there would be third degree burns on everyone. But that gives a distraction. There's a huge melee. People are punching people. Veronica grabs the carving fork and dry- and pins one of the Beagle Boy's hands to the table. <laughs> yes. It's not cut away. We have a close-up on (laughs) the fucking latex prop hand. Very realistic. Good job, prop department. But Jesus Christ. Uh, And as all this is happening, Mary grabs the gun (laughs) 
and points it at them and like using her lawyer speak is all like, I have a right to defend myself and my property. Like it's not often you get someone quoting the the civic code while brandishing a gun, but this is Riverdale, baby. Anything goes. The Dickinsons run out. Mary's all like, lock the door, call the police. And everyone's very impressed by her. Oh, yeah. Good job. Yeah. Yay, mama. Uh, And then we zoom in on the charcoal turkey. So it's not that like, I guess what happened is Archie didn't add enough oil. So instead of it deep frying, it just like burnt to a crisp and then it exploded because of smoke. Yeah. Yeah. This turkey would have been perfect if Archie was free to go and turn the heat off and remove it. Instead of being forced to kneel and beg for his life. Uh, it, I don't think it would have been perfect. It's a really temperamental process. You know, if you let it go an extra 30 seconds, even, it turns into it's charcoal. disaster. Disaster. And Mary's just like, who the hell deep fries a turkey inside? <laughs> and there's this really awkward look on Archie's face. It wasn't me. Anyway, we got a skylight now, so... <laughs> Uh, so over at the speakeasy, Hiram comments on the fact that FP's not, you know, drinking. And he's like, well, someone's got to be sober enough to get you all home. Not just not drinking, but asking if he doesn't enjoy his rum, Hiram's rum, which we know the speakeasy does not serve. So he just had that like in his coat. So they did BYOB burger joint Thanksgiving. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, I guess at least he's not stealing from his daughter. I guess. Hiram makes a comment about how, oh, I know you were upset about me closing the center. And FP's all like, I'm not your puppet, bitch. (laughs) Uh, And then we have a small brawl as FP is all like, I remember you put a hit out on my son, you bastard. Yeah. And And you tried to murder me. Like, So, you know, it's all water under the bridge. Anyway, continuity. We remember the insane plots this show has had in previous seasons. And so FP wails on his face. Yes. And smashes that rum bottle to pieces and, and like, puts it right against his jugular. And Alice is trying to, like, calm him down. He's like, I'm not going to do it, but you deserve it. Everyone knows you deserve it. Everyone in this town knows you deserve it. Yes, everyone does. Why? Mm-hmm. Can someone please kill Hiram? Tater Tot. Tater Tot. Yes, I want Tater Tot to come back. Well, I want Tater Tot to be introduced. Yeah. <laughs> Small Fry's illegitimate teen child. <laughs> My name's Tater Tot. This is Hush Puppy. All these time skips, Tater Tot's almost as old as the twins. Probably walking. I don't know. Could do something. <laughs> Adam's family values. Babies can kill people. Uh, so back at Thistle House, we don't see the twins, but it is, uh, Thanksgiving dinner with Cheryl and Tony and Nana and their house guests. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Julian, who has a chair as well. And, uh, they are serving meat pies. Cheryl asks Nana to tell them the story of the Blossoms' first Thanksgiving. And Nana delivers. And so we hear about how when the first Blossom settlers were here... Uh, the weather turned and the ice came, much like tonight. She and mentions the wagons. So the I, wagons I were snowed they, in. They were on the frontier trail somewhere. <laughs> Talked about the mean, like, settlers. They, they yeah. had to, like, land at water and then move in. I guess. And uh, so the hunger set in. And then the blossoms had to turn on each other. 
They survived on blossom flesh. And she's like, oh, you mean cannibalism, Nana? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cheryl is doing a great job as a co-host, you know, providing back channel, uh, asking leading questions to, to sort of highlight the, the salient points. Yeah, and she points out that she can't imagine, you know, what would happen if that, like, came out to the public, especially as Auntie over here is trying to, like, sell the family business. She never once interrupts to to quote unrelated song lyrics <laughs> or do a weird cackling laugh. Auntie's all like, no one would believe that. And she's like, we Blossoms have always been highly carnivorous. Tony, get out. What are you doing? Run. Run, run far away. I ate Julian in the womb, <laughs> after all. <laughs> and just in that moment, uh, Cousin Fester takes a bite of his meat pie, and there is a ring. It is Uncle's ring. These have got to be the worst pies in Riverdale. <laughs> I, I got at least <laughs> one person. Okay. It, it was good. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's when Cheryl's like, well, just so you know, Uncle will never be found. Evidence is being digested as we speak and they're like you're bluffing no it's time for dessert everyone and that's when tony wheels in jason who may or may not be holding dessert in his lap i'm not sure did not get a close enough look but we're gonna go with yes because that's great but we learned so much about tony in this scene i think because like uh cheryl obviously all up in the the whole plan but tony who you might expect to be, like, cringing herself is just, like, smiling and leaning in for a shoulder-on-shoulder shoulder uh, snuggle. She had some looks of, like, ew. At how disgusting it is, but she's not, like, turned off by the whole thing. She's no. just like, yes, this is weird. This is appropriate action, as weird as it is. I'm not gonna leave because of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as uh, Cousin and Auntie are, like... Holding each other close. Mm -hmm. uh, Cheryl asks if they would like her to pack up some of Uncle Bedford and Tupperware as they run out. Mm -hmm. uh, and back at Stonewall, Jughead and Betty finally get back to this game and like, oh, we looked everywhere. We couldn't find any alcohol. And I'm like, well, you didn't look hard enough. You're at uh, high school. Never have I ever lied about uh, finding alcohol. Bam. I win Forsyth. Fuck you. Uh, and then they just start, like, going into, like... Oh, right, they don't get to that point, because Jughead's first question, his very first question... Never have I ever tried to cover up a murder. Oh. Uh. <laughs> and then they just, like, go off about how, like, we know that's what you're doing, we found this tie pin in Donna's room. The, the, the last question that he intentionally bailed on at first, it seemed like, was trying to break the thing wide open, but it wasn't, uh... But now it seems like he is, like, Jughead, there is no threat of perjury yeah. for high school drinking games. Yeah. This is what you do at a sleepover, not under oath. So this tie pin, was he murdered? And Brett's all like, no, he jumped. And then Donna runs off crying. Mm-hmm. And Betty goes after him. For girly time. And she's all like, Mr. Chippings and I were seeing each other. We were having an affair. And I knew it was wrong, I tried to break it off, but he got aggressive, and then he died the next day. This is the most believable thing in the entire episode. Mr. Chipping is definitely is, that guy. I don't, I mean, he definitely is, but I don't actually believe this. I mean, uh, up until it's why he jumped out the window, it's I, the most believable thing. I literally believe nothing coming out of Brett and Donna's mouth because yeah. of that, him spying, like they're setting everything up. I believe nothing. 
I, you're right. I don't believe anything coming out of Donna's mouth, including Moose. Back at the Cooper Jones household, uh, FP is very upset about Hiram. He's like, I can't do his bidding anymore. And then he has this, like, emotional break. And he's very upset because he he's like, I'm a serpent. And it's every bone in his body. And he's very upset that, like, he explain let his serpent side out. Explain those arms, FP, huh? What kind of serpent bone is a femur? <laughs> you know. Yes. But Alice is all like, but why can't you be both? Why can't you be a sheriff and a serpent? And he's like, oh, oh if Hiram can be mayor and kingpin, I can be a sheriff and a gang leader. Let's have sex. I mean, it's clear your son isn't being a gang leader anymore. No. <laughs> he's a commuter. Maybe that's why Sweet Pea isn't around. He's the new Serpent King, and he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be kind of amazing. He's like, I had to pick uh, up your uh, slack. Uh, do we do crimes anymore or not? I don't know. None of you would lead us. I had to step up. Uh, I'm not made for this. I decided to bomb the newspaper anyway, because I, I was just going off my old plans from season two. Uh, so back at Thistle House, uh, we find out that they were not served, uh, Uncle Bedford. They were served lamb pies, mm -hmm. uh, as Tony and Cheryl cuddle and, yes. like, bask in their victory as their, Julian watches on. Their victory in getting away with murder by clearly admitting to it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, uh, the... It's not a perfect plan. The angle she seemed to be going for is the, the great shame of a family history of, of cannibalism making this deal untenable. And the recent horror of, like, don't fuck with me or I'll feed your family members to you. Okay, but also, like, if you were worried about being locked up before, you really gotta worry now. Yeah. Back at uh, Stonewall... Jughead and uh, Betty are having some vending machine dinner. and uh, They are surrounded by chip wrappers, bags and bags. Imagine the crumbs, imagine the grease. Yeah. Uh, and so Jughead is like, I, I knew Chippings was maybe a bad guy, but like I didn't know he was that bad. He's very obviously that guy. Uh, but Betty brings up the fact that she thinks that Donna is playing them. Uh, whether the truth or not, they're using this. Yes. To, like, stall them. And it she's like, you know, you need to talk to your headmaster. Or headmaster. Mm -hmm. Jughead is like, well, you know, if the storm clears up tomorrow, maybe we should go home for the weekend. And Betty's all like, well, how are we going to stay warm tonight? And Jughead just, like, pushes like hundreds of snack wrappers <laughs> off the bed and they just go at it. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you on them using the top bunk because that's uh, uh, Jughead's bunk for their, their activities. But they can eat on Moose's bed. They have a food bed. In the future, everyone's going to have a food bed. They can be at this crest of the wave. I'm also really confused, like, if Brett's there, where's he sleeping? Because isn't he one of Jughead's roommates? <laughs> he comes and goes. It's it's sort of iffy. Uh, but then we zoom in on something that you thought was a bomb, and I'm pretty sure it was a camera. It's dark, and I'm trying to take notes. 
about food beds. I'm pretty sure they were being recorded. I think they're being bombed. Uh, so back at the community center, uh, Mary gives a speech about how uh, Fred really liked saying grace at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, like, Archie, say grace. And he does. And he does. And he ends with uh, Fred's, like, traditional Thanksgiving, that he's he's thankful to be alive, and with all of you, let's dig in. Yes. Oh. Aww. Uh, and over at the hospital, FP is going, uh, you know, talking to the hospital about, okay, like, Dodger's family's on the loose, we gotta, like, monitor him. And he's like, oh, we monitor our patients thoroughly. And Dodger's just Dodger's not even there! Whoa! He dodged him! He did it! In a coma. Yeah. Well, he's very lithe. Uh, so the next morning, uh, Jughead goes to talk to the headmaster. Uh... President Snow of Pan Am. It just looks like fucking President Snow. (laughs) Not uh, even Donald Sutherland, President Snow. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I want to be President Snow for Halloween. Uh, and Jughead sees him leaving with Donna, and uh, Brett's all like, yeah, Donna came clean about Mr. Chippings and all the abuse that she suffered at his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, She didn't want to come out about it before, but now that you know all this happened, like she felt like she needed to. So... There's no doubt now he w- it was the suicide driven by a guilty man worried of exposure. Also, alcohol madness. We- he had so many reasons. So case closed, Detective Jones. Brett. Eyes. Believe none of it. None of it. So meanwhile, uh, Betty, I guess, already went home <laughs> and uh, has started a... Stonewall murder board. Look, some people knit. Some people build ships in bottles. Betty Cooper, all about the murder boards. Murder boards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Archie is at home playing his guitar for the first time in forever. Well, when's the last time he played football? A while ago. Yeah, not since Reggie killed his dad. Mary comes in and she's like, gee golly, that was the strangest Thanksgiving I've ever had. And Archie's like, Welcome to Riverdale, Mom! (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you have to point guns at people. Uh, And then she's like, you know, that deep fryer exploding, what were the odds? And Archie's like, oh, I guess we were lucky. And she's like, no, that was your father, Archie. He was looking out for us. I knew this was coming as soon as it happened because, you know, that's how Fred cooked their turkeys. But, like, absolutely, this was coming. Yes. And then they get an idea because... You know, Fred's watching them. He's still there. And they decide to put a plaque up at the community center. They they dedicate the building to the memory of Fred Andrews. And all of their friends are there. Kevin is in this episode silently in one scene. But he's very prominently framed. Yes. Like, his face is his small center. in the background, perfectly fitting the gap between Mary and, and Archie's faces in the foreground. Yes. <laughs> in his all black suit like he's in his Hiram cosplay and I noticed that FP is wearing his serpent jacket yes here. he's serpent chariot and from now on Fred's ghost is the only thing keeping the foundation from f- splitting into three parts at any given moment yes he's a load bearing spirit yes the end the end so darling what did you think of the ice storm chapter 64 
Brought to you by Nintendo. This was like the longest hour of my life. Yeah. We were only halfway through and I thought we were almost done. Like, usually they, I mean, always, they pack a lot in. Just go listen to our show and, and you'll see. But this one felt long. It did. I don't know. And I don't know if that was like bad. Like, it didn't feel bad. <laughs> Time moved way different in this one. Yeah, so something about the, the edit or the direction really Maybe, messed with perception of time and well, pace. And the thing was, like, it was supposed to be over, you know, a few days. Two days, essentially. I guess yeah. uh, the, the ending scenes would have been the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. This is what everybody's doing on Black Friday. They're going to a, a, a dedication ceremony. Whatever. Well, I feel like it had to be a few days later because they had to get that picture and that fancy engraved plaque. But the babies are now three years old. <laughs> Maybe because it was, like, only, like, two days mm -hmm. or something, it just felt crazy and weird, and because they definitely were going with, like, daylight savings, and it just being <laughs> dark all the time. Realistic. It was really, like, sense of time was weird. Yeah. The the kids, they didn't talk to each other again. They, they need to hang out more. Well, they're in two completely different places. Stop it, though. <laughs> yeah. Can everyone just, like, chill? Even if, again, everyone but Jughead, I would like people to interact more than in their own places. I would like t uh, Tony and Cheryl to leave the house, please. Tony tried. <laughs> and then Dagwood swallowed a ping pong ball. That's true. Oh, that's why the babies weren't there. Yeah. Dagwood's still dealing with his tracheotomy. That's true. Yes, it, it would be nice. Have a school function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we can we just like have Friendsgiving? <laughs> can there be a holiday episode where they have a Christmas party and exchange presents? Yeah, didn't they? They did um, in season two. There was a, a Christmas episode. I can't remember if they did. No, they definitely did a, a small gift exchange in the lounge scene. Kevin and Josie really wanted it or something, I feel like. Yeah. They are really hitting the holidays this year. Uh, we got Thanksgiving. I would not be surprised if there is a specific Christmas or, or you know, winter gift-giving holiday episode coming up by the end of uh, yeah. of the calendar year. Because none of them are Jewish. None of, not, not at the moment. That's a prediction I think I made last time, that we would find out which one has actually been Jewish the whole time and just hasn't mentioned it yet. That's what always happens in Christmas episodes. Always. <gasps> Predicting it. Charles. Charles. They're going to be like, oh, we're going to celebrate was, Christmas. And he's like, Charles I'm, was adopted by a Jewish family. He's, like, he's culturally Jewish. I'm Jewish. And then <laughs> Alice is going to go full on out having a Hanukkah party. Yeah. And he's going to like do it really bad. That would be amazing. How would she pronounce latka? It would be awful. And I'd love it. Late keys. <laughs> I, I didn't have a menorah, so I just I just got a bunch of candlesticks. Does that work the same way? I got you the uh, complete. They're scented. I got you the complete DVD series of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I watched them first to better understand your people. <laughs> no, she watched the OC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alice. <laughs> she did, God. and she does Christmas instead. <laughs> I would love another shot of season one, Alice. I would just love her. Kicking a door down and saying someone's full name instead of hello. Yeah. Yes. What if she does that and like this whole this whole Hanukkah thing is true and she like suddenly gives Charles like a very fake Jewish sounding middle name? Yeah. Shlomo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
No offense to anyone that's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to anyone named Shlomo. Sorry. I peaked. Uh... <laughs> yes, you did. Four years ago. Oh! Hey, I'll have you know the Metal Gear Solid Five uh, finale was quite recent. I peaked. That was your moment. I peaked this month. <laughs> and now it's all downhill, darling. Or maybe I'm still peaking. It's just, it's just riding high. Yeah. You seem like you're peaking. I'm peaking right now. Yeah, drop the bass. Anyhow, we have a segment to do, and I don't want to do a segue. So it's, <laughs> so it's time to check your sources. What's the appropriate sound for a bass? Um, no, no, those are called bass. It's a different kind of salmon. Talking, talking Sammy Bass. Did he make it out? Yes, he did. Yes. Writers confirmed on Twitter the Big Mouth Billy how, Bass made it out of the trailer. How did they get so much stuff out of that trailer? I told you, you haul just out of frame. We've been over this. They need to come help us move when it's time. Anyhow, back to Riverdale, please. She did a little tail wag, though, when I spoke to her. Good job. Specifically, Riverdale, the season three tie-in comic. Ooh. That's what we're going to talk about on Check Your Sources today, which is a bit I introduced like 10 minutes ago, I think. Maybe. The pacing of this episode continues to, to stretch my perception of time. But the Riverdale comic title, uh, which we've spoken about before, ran for 12 issues a while ago and ended. Yes. Then they, they uh, relaunched uh, a new run under the title Riverdale Season 3. Because instead of just being general like story set in Riverdale, they are specifically meant to tie into Season 3's plots and character developments. And these two uh, uh, short stories per issue were, were supposed to, to give you, you know, the fuller picture of what's really going on. Or, or even some hints and clues to the, the eventual mysteries. Mm -hmm. There's a large art team. A whole lot of uh, hands were on these. But they were written primarily by uh, Mikkel Ostow. She is also the writer of most, if not all, of the uh, young adult fiction novels uh, that are published through Scholastic for Riverdale. Oh. They have those at Scholastic book fairs. I believe they do, yes. That's exciting. Yes. Hopefully they mention cults in the woods and secret triplets and all those other things that lead the impressionable minds to us. Yes. I have a relative that works at Scholastic. Maybe I could get them to, like secretly write our podcast inside stuff yeah yeah maybe they could just write our podcast so we wouldn't have to think of this ourselves okay the art i mentioned does have a lot of people doing it but they try to stick to a consistent style i think uh they're they're trying to do uh riverdale as envisioned by joe uh joe eisma he might actually do a few of the stories if i recall i, I haven't actually checked yeah but they're they're going for that look very, very sketchy, heavy lines, heavy and dark shadows, obviously. Obviously. It's Riverdale after all. But while the stories are nice enough, none of them really stand out for me to, to uh, like, oh, you have to check out this issue for this story the way that, like, the, the Dilton Bunker uh, issue or the Alice is actually a rad arcade gamer issue of the first Riverdale run did. Mm-hmm. Those are fantastic. And while uh, this tie-in is fine, 
it's decent. There, it doesn't hit those highs at any point, in my opinion. Yeah. Also, I don't think it's really necessary lore, you know? Uh, having one of the stories about the uh, summer road trip that Tony and Cheryl took together over, you know, the summer vacation while Archie was busy being on trial... Yes. ...is nice, but it doesn't illuminate much that I didn't already know from watching the show. Yeah. And the the ones that are very, like, Gargoyle King or, or farm-related also don't really illustrate that much. Yeah. There's there's a flashback to Evelyn uh, meeting Polly way back when, which is nice, but, like, we kind of could have guessed that Evelyn met Polly way back when before <laughs> she actually went to the farm. That was sort of part of it. Yeah. Yeah, That that's the sort of... It's deleted scenes that don't need to be there, really. Yeah, yeah. And while those are fun to read, it's not really what the thing was sold as. It's not like lore you can't miss out on. Which is why it never really came up when the issues were coming out and we were talking about season three, you know, in those episodes. So there you go. Uh, Check it out if you're a completionist. Otherwise, it's it's an entirely safe skip, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. It's too bad. Again, it's nice, but meh. Yeah. So, darling. Yes? Prediction time. Do you have a prediction for me? Jughead is going to be inducted into the Quill and Skull. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Whether he he does it uh, by choice or by subterfuge or by force, he's going to do it. Yeah, and he's going to be the Skull. (laughs) I don't think that's how it works. Because they're going to kill him. Oh, okay. He he dies. What if that is how it works? One of the members is the Quill and one is the Skull, and it's like a, a... uh, Dalai Lama thing, because there's the one that isn't the Dalai Lama. Well, there's the so, two llamas. So they get inducted, all these people, and then they play murder. Mm-hmm. Instead of you're like, you're the murderer. Mm-hmm. It's you're the person who gets murdered, and you actually get murdered. Ah. But then how are you supposed to, to guess who did it when you're dead? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. It's just their, like, way. It's their thing. Like, oh, we're going to do this thing. And then the card says, time to die. He's all like, what? And like, we need that pin for someone else. I mean, I was thinking that the the Quill and Skull would have like secret membership records that would shed more light on the the authorship controversy, the location of uh, Forsyth the First. What if there's like fancy like... Initiation? Initiation. Hazing? Yes. Induction rituals? It, the the people who go missing are the people who can't, like, hack it. Yeah, th- those are the uh, Stonewall Four. Mm-hmm. Does that mean Moose got tapped and, and he mm-hmm. couldn't survive? Yeah. And that's why he's the fifth? Yeah. Okay. Also, what's up with these videotapes? <laughs> also, why, why were they getting videotaped having sex? Everyone knows they have sex. That's not, like, weird. I mean, with the construction of these bunk beds... Like, they were probably bonking the wall. Yeah. The bunk beds are not rigid, especially no. on top. Oh. One time I woke up because my upper bunk uh, roommate was masturbating. Oh. The bed was in motion. Oh. You, you go find privacy. That's terrible. <laughs> it was. I can say my roommate never did that that I know of. You also weren't stacked. You had your beds side by side. Yeah, I just had to deal with her restless leg syndrome (laughs) nightly. Not as much as you would have if they were bunk beds. 
Hers was basically a bunk bed, though, because remember, she always had it, like, as high up as it yes, could go. but not attached to your bed. No. The motion was not transferred. Anyhow, speaking of the, the videotapes, the tapes at large in Riverdale, mm -hmm. those are from Charles. Oh. We know that Charles has a knack for getting himself in charge of investigations that are investigating him. Mm -hmm. We know that Charles's trunk is a Mary Poppins bag of surveillance equipment. Mm -hmm. Charles did. Charles is doing the tapes. Yeah. I don't know why, oh, but yeah. I know he is. I mean, yeah, that completely makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, Uncle Bedford's body, totally not going to be lost in the river. There's going to be an early thaw. Mm-hmm. And he is going to be discovered. Everything that goes in that river has come out of the river. Yes. Including Cheryl, so she should know better. Yes. Yes. I I guess except Archie's gun. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't come back. Uh, I predict a revitalization of the serpents. Mm -hmm. We will suddenly have, like, everyone back. How many adult serpents will be back? None. <laughs> it's all, it's all going to be the youngins. Uh, and FP will be leading the way mm -hmm. through his sheriff gang leader job and i think this is going to like lead to turf wars mm. like but they're gonna be like vigilantes like doing good so anytime like Hiram tries to start a new drug drug ring they're like no burn it to the ground so they've gone from not selling drugs to no drugs to, to being dare arsonists yes okay I think that, yes, uh, FP is going to revitalize the serpents. There'll be a real thing in town for a while. But then Alice will assert herself as Serpent Queen and steal them away from him. Oh. Yes. And then Gladys will come back and there's another tier four. Ah. Well, I mean, I've already said it. I don't trust a single thing that Brett <laughs> or Donna have said. Yes. I think they made everything up. Uh, I mean, maybe she did have an affair. But, like, manipulation th to, like... Do all this mm -hmm. to to try to stop Jughead, hide the truth. I think Hiram will discover an even greater uh, form of unchecked power that he will call Mayor Two. Yeah. Heaven help us if he should go even further beyond. Oh. I want Mary to become, like, badass. <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, her own gang or she just becomes, like... When Ma Beagle comes back, yeah, Mary's gonna be like, "Fuck no, I'm packing heat, mm -hmm. protecting my children." And it's registered and licensed, and uh, I'm a lawyer. Stand my ground. <laughs> yeah. How many characters do you think will become masked vigilantes by the end of the season? All of them. All of them. Yes. <laughs> they need a show to take the place of Arrow. You think they're just looking at the the ratings numbers that Watchmen is doing for HBO and thinking, yeah, we, we could get a piece of that. Yes. Anyhow, that's enough about what we think might happen. Let's talk about what we know is going to happen. Our next episode airs in two weeks' time. We can have a, a story about Thanksgiving and the day before, but we cannot air one on the day before. Uh, so this is going to come at you December 4th, and it's called In Treatment. In Treatment is not the name of a film. In Treatment is the name of an HBO series that ran five episodes a week. The format was that the Monday through Thursday episodes were about a therapist meeting with his patients. And every Friday, we would follow that same therapist in a session with his therapist. Yeah. Allison Pill, one of my favorite I young actors. I love Allison Pill. She was one of season two's patients. Dane DeHaan was one of season three patients. Mm -hmm. 
it's heavily based, and when I say heavily based on, I mean many, many of the scripts were direct English translations of a show called uh, Betipol from Israel. Oh. Apparently adapted for, for many countries, many markets, and in the U.S., in treatment. Mm-hmm. Well, what we know is that uh, a school counselor is coming. Yeah. I mean, that that description of the show fits perfectly with the trailer. The trailer is just all of the kids doing therapy sessions, except, at least in the trailer, not Kevin. Yeah, we saw Archie. We saw Betty. We saw Cheryl. Cheryl's finally out of the house. At least I'm getting my wish. But where's Kevin? Where's Kevin? Someone care about Kevin. And not the creepy principal. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, um, what's her name from Firefly? Yes! It's the, the, the... First mate from Firefly. Yeah, I don't remember the actress's name. Gina something. Gina Torres. That might be it. That might be it. That's what we know. There's going to be some therapy. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some feel-good times. Oh, yeah. They they look real happy. All screaming about their traumas. We will not be here next week. No. Because there's no episode. And it's Thanksgiving. But it's a great time to catch up. I'm, I'm sure some people will be traveling. We'll uh, have some free time uh, off work, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. So if you're all caught up on our show, why not recommend it to a friend who uh, could use something to, to listen to to fill the hours? We are much better than family. It's true. Yeah. Our show is also the only way you can catch up on Riverdale now, uh, at least the fourth season in its entirety. Oh. Seven episodes have aired now, and only five are available <gasps> on the CW streaming. Oh. So if you want to hear about the the uh, season's plots actually starting, or uh, Fred's uh, uh, farewell episode before it, you need us. You need you, us. You need us a lot. We're necessary from here until uh, it eventually goes up in its entirety on U.S. Netflix. Uh, you can also leave us a rating and review. Help those random people of the internet find us. Because they might need something to do over Thanksgiving. We all need somebody to lean on. Yes. You can also follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie, where we have a big old fun time party online. As the world burns around us, because that's what life is in 2019. It fucking sucks. Uh, so with that... I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie. Dickinson Crime Clan. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, won't you please? Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And you got me, and you got me, and you got me.